Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Hello and welcome to the School of Laughs podcast. This is Rick Roberts. And if you're new to the show, we go over all topics comedy with my sidekick here, Gavin. How's it yes, going, Gavin? Very good. Gavin Miller. Uh, today's topic is going to be nine habits new comics should avoid. <laughs> These are all habits that I had at one time, and looking back, it was just a waste of time. So we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. Uh, a special announcement today. Gavin, who's been juggling three jobs, <laughs> has dropped one of the balls yes. in the job, and now he can just juggle freely with one hand, yeah. comedy, <laughs> and being his own handyman slash custom furniture designer. How's it going, Boss. Gavin? Oh my gosh, I finally quit. I finally quit and moved on. It The feeling is so good. I suggest it to everyone. <laughs> if you just listened for the first time, Gavin has been a personal assistant to uh, somebody for how many years was that? Eight. Eight Gosh, years. Eight years. And the anxiety. There's probably a few people out there who know what that is. Uh, it's, it's, it is it's 24-7. Go, go, go. All the responsibility re- uh, rests on your shoulders, and there's it, it is Intense. Even when you're not working, you just feel like you're working all the time. It's kind of like a volunteer fireman without the potential of being a hero and rescuing a small <laughs> yes. child. Yes, you will never be a hero. No one will ever know what you do. But you're putting out fires but all day long. Put, oh, that's you are working your butt off all the time. That is absolutely you're on true. Call. Anything can happen at any time. I mean, you've told me stories where you had to wait till three a.m. for him to come out of a oh, bar and stuff like that to drive. Three, him. three would have been early some days. Yeah. I mean, or drive across the country like once a month for you know. Didn't nothing. you have to drive his dog across the country? The once? Dog, I've driven a dog because <laughs> you just don't, you know, because if you've got the money, you don't want to fly the dog. Just get, pay someone to drive it. That Halfway dog the country. wanted to see the country. That, that dog needed to see Kansas. <laughs> I mean, gosh, the amount of times I've made that drive. But anyway, here's – so I had a bad situation on one day, and I sort of looked at myself, and I said, that's it. To this mo- – literally not even today, but this moment is the moment that I say no, and I start my new path, and – I was like, it was like weeping and gnashing of teeth at the moment, you know. But but all of a sudden, I just felt like after I made that decision and told them, the I felt the weight of the world coming off of my body. Like yeah. I could feel my soul growing. <laughs> I think it's even, you know, I can't even compare it to anything that I've ever done. But it, <laughs> it seems like maybe when you drop one of your kids off to college, you have that you don't have to be on high alert around every yeah. day but maybe maybe you still do for a few years i don't yeah. know <laughs> we'll but that's good man we'll see yeah i'm i mean i'm so happy and i'm so excited and all of a sudden you know as far as it goes with the comedy stuff you know all of a sudden my it was like the next day my brain kicked in um and i was like you know where can i go is there an open mic tonight what's going on you know and i realized 
you just need to sit down and write some material before you can go out there. But right, but I, I'm, I'm going to hold you to the fire yeah, yeah. now that you've got some time. And yes. I know the people that have been listening since the get-go are anxious Absolutely. for you to get on stage. I'm excited. I'm excited, too. This is going to kind of bring a, a freshness to the podcast. Totally. Uh, I cannot wait. You look totally relaxed. I am. Um, you'll be working for yourself, which is still yeah. hard, but it's going to be set in your own hours, and that's going to be sweet. Yeah, you would think that that would be the hard thing, but I'm finding out that it's, I'm like, from where I was coming from to that, so much better. Yeah. So, so much better. Cool, Excited. man. Well, congratulations, Yeah, Gavin. can't wait to update people on, on uh, what I'm doing with comedy. So Yeah, it's going to be cool. Hey, uh, you know, a few weeks ago we did a, a goals podcast, and one thing I admitted to was not exercising very much. <laughs> and uh, Brian Kahatsu from out there in Arizona shot me a quick email, and uh, he's got this really cool exercise thing that everybody can do. So I'm going to throw it out there for all of you guys that are thinking you should do more a day very and you're nice. not doing anything. So this is this is basically what it is. It's push-ups. Okay, we can all okay. do push-ups. Yes, but you know, un, if there's no schedule around the push-ups, you'll never do it. Right. So here's what he says to do: January, or whatever month you're in, you take the month, and on the very first day, you do one push-up. Right. Second day, two push-ups. By the 29th, you're like, ah, oh, okay. <laughs> but then the first hits again, and you're like, okay, maybe I'll do three instead of one. But you you have to do a minimum of the amount of the day of of the month. Gotcha. Now. At the end of the month, on the very last day, you also do an extra additional push-ups push up. of the number of the month. So July will oh, be right. seven extra gotcha. push-ups. Yeah. On your birthday, you add in your <laughs> age as well. So if you're 47, oh you do an extra gosh. 47. But that only happens once a year. Yeah, right, yeah. And, you know, if and your birthday's coming up. And recovery happens the next day. <laughs> yeah. If it's coming up, wait till the day after this to start the program. Uh, so you don't have to start right off with 47. No, I guess I'll be hitting 47 <sighs> soon. Oh, man, I shouldn't even say that. So uh, so all that stuff, and there's different ways to do that. Now, I saw that, and I'm like, this is totally doable, and he's like, you know, you might get, you might be way beyond doing the yeah. one or two or three, so, so, but it's got you in the groove. Yeah. How about this? How about if at the first of the month, you write a joke? The second oh, of yeah. the month, you write two jokes. Oh, God. The third day, three. 29th day, 29 jokes. <sighs> On your birthday, Man. Write as many jokes <laughs> as your birthday. Some of the some of the people listening are gonna be like, "What's a hundred and like, what is he forty jokes?" Yeah, did he just say ninety-seven? Yeah. ninety-seven <laughs> plus who? My birthday's on the thirty-first of December. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put that challenge into motion starting in September. Yeah, both uh, push-ups and, and jokes. All right, so and you're giving yourself a month. Basically, to like get in there. Yeah, but I don't want to do anything halfway <laughs> through and start right in the middle. But yeah, I'm gonna uh, that's do that. scary because it is. It's like that uh, idea of like the pennies. Like, oh, what would you do if you, you know, how much would you have if you doubled a penny every day for X, Y, Z? Oh, you yeah, know, and you end yeah. up with all that money. Like, it's the same thing. You got to be careful with adding because all of a sudden at the end of the month you'll have you're gonna be like, well, seventy five push ups today. I know. <laughs> but I I do a, a very similar thing like that with my uh, training and stuff, and it it's great. I like it. It's very linear, and I can see it. I'm a numbers yeah. guy, so that's gonna work. And uh, pretty fired up about that. Also, I just want to read a quick review I got from one of my online students, cool. uh, Rhonda, who's way up there in the Northeast and doesn't really have any place to uh, go and learn comedy or even open mics within an hour. Oh, wow. Uh, so she grabbed the online class and just said, uh, wanting to improve my stand-up, I decided on the Rick Roberts online uh, comedy course because of the reasonable price and the money-back guarantee. Yeah. Well, you can't beat that. It far exceeded my expectations. I loved how easy it was to navigate through and that you could learn at your own pace. 
The short videos that accompanied the lessons were helpful and held the attention of even this ADD student. <laughs> I like that I can refer back to it any time for help. Definitely worth the investment. So thank you very much, oh, that's Rhonda. Awesome. If you're out there thinking about perhaps uh, brushing up on your writing or starting to write jokes, that online course is available to you. You can find out more about that, schoollast.com. All right, you ready yeah. to kick into our topic of the day? Of course. Since you're renewing I your know. comedy journey, I thought this would be a good one. <laughs> Nine bad habits new comics should avoid. Yeah. Ready for number one? Yes. <laughs> number one, telling everybody how funny and how good they are. Telling other people? Anybody that oh, will no. listen. Yeah. How funny I am. I went out and I killed it on uh, my first open mic or my third you week. <laughs> killed you've got nothing to compare it to. Yeah. Uh the in anything, you know, humble goes a long way. It absolutely does. Yes. Uh, but especially in comedy. Yeah. I mean, to the point where you should really never be tooting your own horn like that and allow other people to tell you that. Yeah. And then instead of saying, Oh, really, what joke did you like? say <laughs> I really appreciate that. I've been working hard, and I'm glad you noticed. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? I used to never. Uh, I would always shrug it off, shrug off a compliment. Right. Like, hey, man, that was a great show. I'm like, oh, you know, I could have done a little bit better. Or, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Thinking that was endearing. Yeah. No, it goes the other way. You gotta participate. Um, they're really like putting themselves out there when they say something to you like that, and so you have to sort of. Um, hit the ball back a little bit, you know, or else they're like, oh, well, guess he doesn't like me or something. Yeah, you know? compliments like a gift, and people don't want it returned before you even opened it up. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, and it's, exactly. It, and really, you have to think of the other person, because if they, you know, if they give you a comp, like here's something that happened recently to us. Uh, my son plays guitar, Yeah. and there's a kid a few years ahead of him that plays guitar, and he's got kind of a three-quarter size guitar that he's growing yeah, out Yeah, sure. And he wants to give it to my son, just flat out give it to him. Oh, wow which I thought was a gracious yeah, thing really for nice. a 12-year-old yeah. kid to do in the first place. And so me and my wife were like, should we take it? And I'm like, you know what? A few years ago, I would have said, no, thanks. We, you know, Right. But it means a lot to that kid. To give it away. To give it to another kid that yes. he sees on the come up, and he's, he's yeah. working as hard as, and as he, he is. And he is really coming up. He's, like, he's getting there. He's killing it. <laughs> but, I, you know, back in the comedy days, if somebody gave me a compliment, I'd be like, oh, man, well, you know, that first cry was better than a second or right. you know, I'm trying to stay clean it doesn't always you know yeah but I, mean, I should have just said thank you very much I appreciate <laughs> it you know uh, so the last thing you want to do though is, is slip that and tell everybody how good you are because you know instead of that if you feel that urge and you can tell them how excited you are oh yeah yeah I'm all for That's, that yeah man I'm ex- I know comedy's a long journey and I'm just getting started but man I'm right. excited about this yeah it's fresh and comics who aren't jaded and bitter will, will remember those days and yeah and appreciate your energy yeah and and also you know there's there's um there's a difference between your audience members and then the other people that you're working with you know your club owners and your other business people Mm -hmm. um and sometimes when you get used to using a response you'll use the same response for all of those people and so if you use one response you know like oh you know yeah crowd wasn't very good or whatever blah 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 and you say that to someone who's like in the business side it may actually be a negative thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, they can go like, oh, well, he, you know, he's not prepared or he's whatever, you know. So. Yeah. And, you know, um, somebody gave me some great advice recently. Uh, Pete, Was it me? No. no. <laughs> Pete uh, Margaritas, which when you look at it, it looks like margaritas. Margaritas. And uh, he said he's learned to listen to hear instead of listening, waiting to respond. Yes. Yeah. And he and he said that, and I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you know, if you're listening to somebody, you're usually get, you've already thought of what you're going to say back. Right. 
But if you listen to understand what they're saying and why they're saying it and take a second to process it, they're going to read that in your eyes, (laughs) and they'll actually, you know, the conversation will be much more fluid for both of you. Oh, yeah, rewarding for both parties, yeah. Yeah, so think about that even on stage. When you tell a joke and you get a laugh, listen to the laugh, because not all laughs are equal. Right. Like, you can sometimes hear something in the way people are laughing, like they really identify with that. Okay. You, You know, you definitely may have a joke that nine times out of ten gets a certain level of laughs, but one night it just, like, super connects. Yeah. You should kind of back off and listen to that right. and maybe throw in a couple extra taglines or, or sure, sure. give the crowd Work a pat on, on the back yeah. for getting it. <laughs> um, so listening to hear and not just listening to reply. And that's something yeah. I'm going to try to practice too. Yeah, that's I, a good one. Yeah. I think I, I definitely kind of jump on It has to do it. with staying present. In <laughs> exactly. It. You know, it really does. <laughs> it does. And it's, it's tricky. So don't tell people how great you are. <laughs> Allow them to do it for you and thank them for doing yes. that when they do. If nobody ever says you're doing something great, Maybe you're not. <laughs> and I guess while we're on the topic, <laughs> try not to ask for compliments, uh, oh, right. but ask for feedback. Okay. So instead of saying, man, did you think that was a great set or was it just me? You might say something like, you watched my set. Uh, could you tell me one thing I could I could single out right now and fix yeah. from your point of view as a more experienced comedian? Yeah. And oh. if, if you put it that way, man, comics will love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's much better than, I did so much better than you. It's I odd. rocked it. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, what happened between you <laughs> and me? <laughs> and here's the other thing. A lot of times new comics, even a couple of years in, don't realize like how easy their spots are on the show. Oh, right. You know, once you jump, once you get past the hurdle of emceeing a show, which is, I think, the most important job, mm-hmm. I mean, really close to headlining, but if, you, if the show doesn't start well, nobody benefits. It sets the tone. But once you get past that and you're in the middle spot, it's so easy to feel like you're the best comic on the show because typically everybody has been served their food and beverage (laughs) and they're not collecting checks. So it's like they've already been warmed up and you should rock. If you're not rocking as a feature, you got, you know, get on it. (laughs) All right. So that was like. Okay. Okay. I will. (laughs) That was at least nine that goes right inside with the first one. But so that was number one. Don't tell people how great you are. Two, don't ask for work from somebody you've never met before. Okay hard to do right because yeah. you've never met any of these club owners right here's some, another thing i recently heard at a conference that i attended that and i'm gonna i guess all these maybe were triggered by that conference but here's a really interesting way a guy put it um he was just talking about in the corporate world when you call to try to get a corporate gig uh-huh. or an association gig or anything like that like when you're first calling like your first yeah. time okay but i think if you listen to this you could probably apply this to clubs and, and open mics mm-hmm. or anything um he talks about giving a few things to the person that they need but didn't even know they needed to ask for. Right. And we've talked about that a little bit in the past about asking, you know, giving before you ask. But the way he described it is going to stick with me forever. He says, making deposits in the relationship bucket. Yes. So if you look at the other person as somebody that has some needs you can fill, uh, what are two or three things you can do for them mm-hmm. before you ask for anything back? Right. Okay. okay so like, in your line of doing a lot of uh, commercial, you know, stuff, what would that be? Okay, so like for me doing a corporate event. Or, yeah, corporate, sorry. You know, I might uh, approach somebody, and, and this is one of the things he talked about. Um, all these trade organizations have trade magazines. Mm-hmm. So maybe contact the editor of a trade magazine that is associated with the association you're trying to get work for. Right. And just say, hey, I've got four or five articles up on my blog. I would love it if you, at any point, if you got hung up and you're somebody, one of your writers spazzed out and didn't meet a deadline, <laughs> yeah. just jump on my website, yeah. copy and paste and edit as you like, 
and just give me credit at the bottom. Gotcha. That's available to you 24-7. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that they know that if they are missing three pages out of their monthly thing, they can right. boom, do, do it. Right. Okay. And this advice came from Ed Grigsby, who's a great speaker. Um, so I want to credit him for that. And, and then he would go as far as saying, you know, other things he could offer the people. And then he would just ask, and by the way, who plans that event for your association? Right, yeah. Do you think, could you connect me with them? Or? Yeah. And boom. So you've given three things, and then you ask a very simple favor. <laughs> right. All right, so what if you're not trying to get corporate gigs? Maybe you're trying to get a open mic gig. Right. All right, so go to the open mic. Like an open mic, uh, just trying to start one or trying to MC Let's one? Let's just go or? to like a, a non-club local open mic. Maybe okay. it's at a bar or a restaurant or a coffee house. Gotcha. Go to it. Uh-huh. Find out who who's the host is, and after the show, go up and say, "Hey, I I love what you're doing here at this open mic. Could I help you promote it? You got any flyers? Like I live in the other side of town, but I could probably drive some people over here. Gotcha. I, I go to school at Belmont. Maybe I can put it up on some of the the frat boards, whatever it might yeah. be, and and get some more people over here. Gotcha. Yeah. That guy's gonna go. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right. You say, hey, email <laughs> to me. Someone's going I'll, to help me. <laughs> yeah, I'll print it out on my dime and dime yeah. a page. Print out three bucks worth of goodwill and, yeah. and make a deposit in that relationship bucket. Yeah. And then a few weeks later, if you're looking for a spot, do you think he's gonna help you out? Yes. Yeah, for sure. So think about ways you can do that when you approach somebody for work. Uh, also, finding a common friend between you and the club you're trying to get work at. Right. Okay. You know, having that friend vouch for you and say, "Hey, Gavin's a good guy." He, there's no doubt in my mind he's gonna he can kill it he's for five not, minutes. He's not very funny, but he's but he no really longer has guy. another job, yeah, so he's gonna know. be more focused than ever before. <laughs> yeah, but having somebody do make yeah. an introduction on your behalf. Yeah, 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 that and, works really well. Well, here's the thing: like when I first started, you really you had to work with somebody to to know them at all, and then they would help you maybe get into a club. But you have relationships you don't even realize you have in connections, and you can just check that in your LinkedIn or your yeah. Facebook or your Twitter accounts and see. You know, if you're on Twitter sure. and there's a club owner that's active on Twitter, and, and quite a few are, yeah, follow them on Twitter. That's a good Interact idea. with them. Yeah. Favorite, retweet when it's when it's authentic, and build a report with that person. And then when you show up at their club to do an open mic, right? Ten months later, they're going, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tweet out on your way there. I'm, I can't wait to meet so and so and at that person and yeah, any of that marketing stuff that people are. It's so hard to like stand out in marketing, and so any help that you give people is like seen as like oh my gosh thank you so much for you know uh, sharing that post or or tweeting it on or whatever that's it's so helpful to them it's awesome and it, it's free and if you're authentic and legitimate about it you know you shouldn't think it feels like a slimy salesy type thing it's just you're making no, connections that's how, that's how stuff works i mean yeah so give 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 and then say hey you mind if i do a little spot here and uh it's going to be a lot yeah. easier to get yeah. in you know for sure uh this is one that is we can go either way. Yeah. And we've blogged about it and talked about it a little bit, but this is a bad habit. And it's it man, it can go either way. So I'm just gonna throw it out there. Okay. It's it's not a pet peeve to me as much as it is other people, so that's why I'm putting it in here. But telling everybody you're a comedian when you haven't really earned any money from doing comedy yet. Yes. <laughs> Aspiring yes. comedian is a great term until you're actually bringing home some dough. Okay. Uh you may have been doing it for three years and you're you're funny. But I wouldn't say at, I was a so at this point in the not in the economy, but in our time frame, uh-huh. what is there a certain amount of money? Because I can sort of think of like as a drummer, like professionally, when I was like all of a sudden, I'm like I'm professional, you know, that there was a certain amount of money that I was getting paid per gig or whatever. Is there a certain amount that you're thinking that like 
that's a fair you can go ahead and call yourself comedian because well yeah i mean i could throw it out a few different ways doesn't necessarily have to be full-time although that's you can definitely do it right then. yeah um and leading up to it amateur comedian when you're not mm-hmm. making money is the perfect word for it right. I, nobody likes the word amateur <laughs> i'm lonely uh freelance <laughs> non-paid i'm a non-profit comedian yeah <laughs> i might i might have used that back profit, in the day. i'm a not-for-profit not comedian yeah. Uh, but aspiring, you know, I'm I'm trying to do comedy on the weekends. I'm a, I'm a hobby comic, mm-hmm. you know. Any of those things sounds negative, right? But it's it's true. Yeah. Now, if you tell somebody you're a comedian, it may be such a watered down term now that nobody cares either way. Yeah. But if you're a comedian, I expect you to have a website. Mm-hmm. I expect it to be something you do more than you do anything else. Yeah. Otherwise, hey, I'm a I'm a banker who on the weekends likes to try stand up comedy. Sure. Yeah. Hey, anybody that hasn't tried stand-up comedy is still going to respect you and think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, totally. And even a comic who's been doing it for 10 years will respect you for not saying. For, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Seinfeld on one of his things said, uh, he said it's, I, I don't know if he was quoting someone else or if it was, he was saying it, but basically he was like, it's unfortunate that there's no difference between the person who just started, they're called a comedian, and him or anyone else you know who's huge is still a comedian. Right. You know, there's no like... There's no like a martial arts belt system or like, you know, well this is the you know the grandmaster uh, comedian you know or this is the right. this person it's it's all the same so there's no you have no clue you know yeah it's, and you know musicians are like that too most artists are oh, like totally. that but it's it's one of those things it doesn't bother me so much because I love anybody that's trying it yeah but just be aware out there in the scene that if you start throwing that around. You know, people will over here like roll their eyes and like what is absolutely. This? It dry, that is one of my pet peeves when I'm I'm with somebody and they go, you know, oh so and so is a drummer and I'm like oh right and they, and then you talk to the guy and he goes yeah you know I play I'm, you know I play drums I play in my basement and you know I you know I right. jam along to songs and stuff and I'm like I can go play in front of like fifty thousand people if needed so that's we're on a different realm right. and it's like you're not i mean you play drums i'm a drummer yeah. like, you know. like there's i've got a joke in my show where i'm talking about hunting and sometimes that involves somebody in the audience that hunts you know right and one maybe two times out of every 10 uh the guy's like yeah i'm a hunter i'm like yeah well, you know what'd you get last year i didn't go hunting last year what'd you get the year before yeah i, I didn't go hunting last year. right like, when's the last time you shot anything well i, I just go out yeah, you're an outdoorsman who <laughs> right, likes yeah. to look at deer <laughs> and have a gun for safety. Yeah, for, you're kind of weird, actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you get up in the morning, go sit in a tree stand, and not kill. Dress some. up. Yeah, you're not a hunter. You like the hunting lifestyle. You're playing dress up. <laughs> yeah, but that's what a lot of uh, aspiring comedians do. They yeah. they 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 play dress up. They're yeah. pretending to be something yeah. that you know. Now, if it's in your blood and it's going to be something you do full time down the road, uh, I'm a stand up comedian, but just. Just be aware. Other new, yeah. other new comics are going to call themselves that. Just tip them off. Say, "Man, we're aspiring. Yeah. We're open micers." <laughs> yeah, it'll just earn you some goodwill. In the that is true. Thing. Yeah. All right. Thing number four. Bad habit number four. Holding out for good open mics and good opportunities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I've been doing for the last year. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I went to that open mic once, and it started at ten thirty. So. Yeah. Anybody else that ever made it through the hoops went to that same open mic. Totally. That's a Monday night gig on a, uh, you know, 3 a.m. I ain't going to, are you going to be a comedian or not? Right, yeah. You know, if you're not going to put in the work, do you think a fireman 
only waits for the good fires. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm only waiting for like a museum fire or perhaps yeah. where there's children on the third floor so I can be called a hero. No, yeah. if the old crack shack down the road blows up because somebody's making meth, they got to totally. put that out. Yeah. You think that was a good fireman gig? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know how many bad fireman gigs they go do? But oh. they're a fireman all the time. For sure, for sure. They're yeah. not waiting for the, you know, how... How different our world would look if they're waiting for the perfect fire to go put out. They're just waiting for the news crews to get there so they're going to be like, no one's here to film me. Yeah, this is not a like, good g- I'm getting no exposure. Yeah, i got to wear this uniform. Like, I don't, Nobody sees my biceps. I'm like, not going to go put out that unless there's other potential arsonists in yeah. the audience. Is there any cute babies in there? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So uh, just like a fireman, if there's not a good fire, start one. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> Which is sick. But you know what? I've read so many stories about firemen who, like, in a small town will set something on fire so they can be the first responder to it. Oh, my Lord. Oh, it happens a lot. Oh, my gosh. A lot of people are firemen because they're arsons. Wow. (laughs) Isn't that weird? I believe this. So, (laughs) if you have the comedian fire burning within you and you're waiting for a good fire to put out, start your own. Oh, man. But, yeah, don't don't hold out for great opportunities because here's, here's what I've learned. And I wouldn't say it happens every single time, but I will say way more often than not. Yeah. On those gigs that aren't that great, you meet some people that are, mm-hmm. and they are connected to other opportunities. Absolutely, yeah. And they're at that not-so-great gig to try to get better where nobody can pay attention yeah. so they can hone their craft so when they go where the spotlight yeah. is brighter, they're in better shape. It's a, It's also, it's an open mic. Yeah. It's not headlining at the Apollo. I right. mean, you're, you know, it's like, I mean... It's going to be bad. It's going to be rough. So don't wait. I hate I hate when people are like, man, there ain't no good open mic. Right. I mean, at least once a week I see it in a Facebook group. Yeah. There ain't no good open mics where I live. Start it start, or yeah. go to the bad one and, yeah. and turn it around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, show them how good things can be, rock star. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip one. This list is going to be eight. Okay. Because I just looked at one that could be a whole podcast, and I don't want to roll into it, I don't think, right now. Okay. Um, so n- the next one. Complaining about things instead of offering solutions to make them better. Yes. So whether it is uh, there's not enough spot to this open mic, the sound is bad in here, the light is bad in here. There's a pole in the middle of the stage. Pole in the middle of the stage. <laughs> there's a, a pole through your skull that somebody yeah. hit you with because it's in an unsafe part of town. Yeah. Uh, the gig isn't promoted right. We don't get enough people. You know, this, uh, three months ago when we first started, we had 100 people a night. Now it's down to 10. All those things you can turn around and, yeah. and be part of the solution. And if you get the other 10 comics on board, it should turn around pretty quickly. Yeah. But I, it's really annoying, and I'm kind of looking at it from this point, of a, a more established comedian to hear an open micer, aspiring com- comic, complain about things that they could be a solution to. Right. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. I mean, um, you know, having grown up, like, in the church and stuff for a long time, having both of my parents be pastors, like— it was insane the amount of people that just walk up to you and go, you know what's wrong here? And then they go like, you know, all the seats are too close to the stage or they're too far back or it's too loud. It's too quiet. Uh, I don't like the communion this. I don't like this other thing. The drummer's like, driving me nuts. The drummer is <laughs> is an idiot. He's <laughs> but, but you – if they had walked up and said, if – I think the chairs are too close to the stage – Next time, I'm willing to come help and set them up. That would have been like, I love you. You are the best. Right. Come. So if you if you're gonna go up to somebody, go maybe go up to the person who's promoting the gig and say, you know, hey, I noticed there's only like ten people here. Like, is there anything I can do to like get 
I mean, I've got a bunch of friends. Could you know? Can I bring people? Can we run some special? Can we you know talk to the restaurant maybe that we're in or something? Get something done because that's how you actually <laughs> prove your value. Right. I mean, you got to have value other than just simply walking up there and like doing a couple jokes, dropping the mic, and being like, "I'm out." You guys are you guys are lucky to have me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, think about wherever you're at. If you, even a, a professional club, if you walk in and the green room drives you nuts because there's no snacks in there, or that right. they should have a some some water bottles, bring yeah. some snacks or water bottles because yes. the other comics probably would appreciate that too. That eight dollars, though, it's things like that. The eight dollars that you spend on some water bottles or on some chips or something or whatever that. Those kind of things are what gets you the thousand dollar gig, mm-hmm. you know. That's the stuff that actually leads to stuff later. Being a solution instead of complaining. Now, save all that same mindset for when you're on stage and you're telling jokes. Yeah, and you can complain about everything. Yeah, sure. And not have to offer a solution at all, <laughs> right. and just punch him in the face as much as you want. Well, yeah, but do it for the right times, you know. Right. Yeah, right. that's great. So because uh, I like complaining, don't take that away from me. No, no, but, <laughs> but there's a good place for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. On the mic, but when everybody else is on the mic and you're dogging it, man, leave it alone. Yeah. All right, so uh, don't complain about anything without offering a solution. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is something that's going to be hard, and okay. this is for more established comics as well. Even if you're kind of new to to comedy, but it's maybe your first three or four years, when you're going through the clubs for the first few times, you know you you might think the club owner is an idiot. Okay. Okay. It'll happen at some point. I'm sure. And and there there are a couple that are. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they're not total idiots because they are running a business, mm-hmm. and, and comedy is really just one little part of it. Mm-hmm. It's the most important part to you. Anybody listening to this is going to think that's the most important part because that's the right. part that we're most associated yeah. with, bringing the talent. <laughs> but listen, uh, they may do things and cut the show short or ask you to start late, and it's, it can be a real hassle as an artist and performer, but they're running a business. Yeah. And if that means stalling for 20 minutes to make sure all the food is out of the kitchen on t- you know, before totally. the show starts— you know, you got to give some slack to those guys. Yeah. They've taken a financial risk. Their entire life is on the line. Yeah. Sometimes mortgaged to on the line. Oh, yeah. Uh, just so they can run a club. And if you're complaining to them about this this club sucks or whatever, you're not bringing anything to help out. Totally. And that goes with the uh, the other people in the, the building, too, that are employed. Don't go complain to, like, the bartender or the wait staff or anything like that because you don't know. It could be their son or their daughter or their cousin or there's something, and you go, man, the guy who's running this club is a real jerk. Like, he told me to, like, hang, hang, you know, go up there for an extra 15 minutes. Ah, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, that's great. That's my dad. Yeah. So, and then you're like, I just, oh, no. Yeah. What have I done? No, it's true. Um, Get me out of here. A lot of the mom-and-pop clubs are really family-run businesses. Yeah. And I remember uh, before I went to Chattanooga the first time, or maybe right when I got there, the other comic said, hey, uh, just so you know, uh, the bartender is his mom, <laughs> and the lady running back for the, to the office is his wife, and one of his kids is a waiter. And, yeah. And so uh, it was it was good to know. Yes. You know, I probably wasn't going to say anything negative, but... No, but still... It's good to know. It's the, oh, yeah, but still, it still works. Just do it. Just don't do it or don't do it, but whatever. You know, I, know, know it. I've probably told this story before, but when I was in college, we were, and at freshman, we had an advisor just yeah. to kind of get us off and rolling. Sure. I don't know if every college is like that or not. Yeah, I went to college too. I'm aware of this. But did they have your yeah, old yeah, advisor? Yeah. yeah. So we had basically our freshman seminar. You had whoever your seminar leader was, was your advisor, and you can come back to him yeah. throughout your entire college career if you wanted. But after like three or four weeks, our advisor said, 
and his name is Mr. Allen, Reverend Allen. Oh, nice. He says, does anybody have any problems on campus that I might be able to help you with? And I'm like, yeah, I've got one. I said, I've been trying to get a job since I got here. Right. Some work, you know, what they call it, work study or whatever. Yeah. And uh, that lady in the work study office is just mean. I can't get no, I I can't get through to her at all. And he's like, really, how mean is she? I'm like, I've, I've, I've left a couple messages with her. I've yeah. stopped in three or four times, and she's just too busy for me. And she's a mean old lady. He's like, Miss Allen is a mean old lady? <laughs> and I said, yeah, Miss Allen. Oh, oh, boy, that's your wife. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Oh, no. And so he goes, I'll talk to her tonight at dinner and straighten things out. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll both address you. Yeah. But the next morning she called me and li- lined me up. So uh, interesting. But yeah. it was such a small 800-student college that – Oh, I mean, that's – yeah. The Allens are related. But it still <laughs> happens. No, regardless of where you are, you st- just apply the same principles, whether it's small or big. Don't think you can get away with it. Like, this that was a huge lesson I learned when I moved from uh, D.C. down to – down to Nashville, D.C., I could let my opinions fly on people. I'm like, that guy's a jerk. He's totally, he's dumb. He is dumb. And then I moved to Nashville, and it was like, he's dumb. And then it was like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. We yeah, go to, yeah. you know, and I was like, oh, yeah. okay. And then it took me a minute. So, you know, as you're traveling the country, realize that, like, you're going to go into places in, in towns and stuff that operate completely differently than where you are from, whether yep. that's big or small. So yep. watch yourself. Watch yourself closely. All right. So the next one is listing open mics that you did at clubs oh. on your resume as performed at <laughs> yeah. the club. Yeah. Make that's... sure you, if you want to clarify it as did an open mic or a guest set at, that's fine. Okay. Uh, it's not, it may not have a much weight to it at I all. Don't, yeah. I can't see that happening. But I mean, it's not, it's not completely not worthwhile doing that uh-huh. like it, it's okay to do that because maybe the club owner that you're trying to get in with knows so-and-so that knows the owner of that club oh okay and so they oh he did a couple of guest sets let me call so-and-so and see if if they watched him and like, yeah he can do five minutes he's yeah. fine yeah okay so it doesn't hurt but don't put i've worked work implies you got paid paid right yes so did a guest set get, did a quick spot or whatever yeah if uh and this happens a lot where you know a headliner and he he got you a five-minute spot because he likes you. Right, yeah. It doesn't mean you work the club. And yeah. it also doesn't mean you open for that guy. No, those are all different. So let me just, I'll tag that one. But yeah, listing comics that were on a show that you happen to do a set on. Yeah. Uh, even if you were the MC, unless that person took you on tour to open for them, you did not open for them. Yeah. You worked at the club. Oh, totally. I had the exact same situation where I was at a, at a club. There was a... Uh, drum kit you know with you know some band instruments just sitting there and i kind of was looking over at stuff because it was kind of a nice kit and the place is full full of music business people and all of a sudden like that i turn around and to my side is george clinton from parliament funkadelic and i was like oh my lord i was like i play along to so many of your records and he's like well sit down let's jam and so all of a sudden i'm like i'm playing drums with George Clinton. I was like, holy crap. I was like, this is amazing. That's cool. But at no point in my life have I been able to say I played for George Clinton because right. that is, that's a professional thing. That means paid. I did not do that. Right. I had a jam when he was probably just a little too, you know, drunk to realize that I was terrible. But, yeah. <laughs> but it was, you know, you got to know the difference. Yeah. You got to be legitimate about it. And these are all that you, every one of these you can say, well, it doesn't matter. If you do all nine uh, of these and it adds up, it matters. So straighten out. And you never know when it's going to matter, too. That's the, you Yeah, know. that is true. 
Oh, the last one here today is uh, showing up late and leaving early. <laughs> Listen, especially in the full-time club, when you're booked to be on the show, you need to be there and you need to communicate ahead of time to the club owner. Hey, I'll be here 30 minutes before show starts. Okay. Is I'll that a good? Is that is 30 minutes a good? I would like to be there. Yeah, if you're the MC, uh, you know, oh, maybe. maybe even a little bit earlier. Okay. Because on any given night, they may have different announcements, and even though you might only. Maybe say that you're there 45 minutes early. Right. They may only have one minute, and it's 11 minutes before the show starts, to stop what they're doing and come tell you what the announcements are. Okay. So, you know, when you first check in and you get your keys to the condo or, your, or the directions to the hotel or whatever, say, especially when you're MCing, ask them, what time would you like me to be here right. every show? And if they say, you know, as long as you're here a half hour before, we're cool, then make sure it's 40 minutes before. Okay, yeah. And here's another reason why. There might be little lulls. Uh-huh. Where you can actually get to know the manager. Oh yeah. If you only show up when the show starts and you leave after you're set, man, you're not gonna get to know anybody. Gotcha. And it's some some of those moments because they're already busy. They're already busy, and if they okay. have a little moment, uh, they especially if it's your first time through, they do kind of want to get to know you a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Okay. So you know, if they got three minute break while somebody's being seated and nobody's coming in the front door, that's a great time just to kind of see their perspective on things, and also. Sometimes in those little two or three minute things, you can learn a lot about their business as a whole. Uh, that, that's what I was gonna say. Like, what's a good question to like ask them if they're, you know, if they're standing there and they're like, you know, hey, you know, yeah, great to have you on the thing. You know, yeah, gosh, it's nice to have like a couple minutes before the thing. And then what would you ask? Well, number one question always is: there anything I can help you with right now that would make this job easier? Okay, that's and, great. Yeah, and, and so they can answer that with, yeah. Matter of fact, let me give you a couple of announcements right now. While we, they could say something like, oh, you know what? They are slammed in the back. They didn't bring out the ashtrays for the smoking show. Could you help us with that? Yeah. They might say, you know, you're in the wrong, you're in the exact worst place to be right here in the middle of the waitress station or yeah, whatever. right. The one thing that would help all of us out is if you were sitting on the other side of the room. Yeah. So it could be any of those things. In another room, in another club. Yeah. Somewhere else. Yeah. But it opens up the conversation if they say no, you know, and, but you see that they're willing to talk. Yeah. Here's a great question. What is one thing comics are doing that drive you crazy that you wish they would stop doing? Uh, that's a good one, and yeah. And then find out if you're doing that and cut it out. Yeah, that's a good one. You know, if you're asking them for input that make things better, the last thing you want to ask your first week through, the first night you meet the guy, is like, hey, after this week's over, uh, how, how soon can I come back before you've even done stage time? <laughs> but I've seen that kind of stuff happen, you know? Yeah. But yeah, what can I do to make this night smoother for everybody? That's a great question wherever you work. Right, yeah, yeah. Whatever you're doing. Sure. And then... If they don't tell you, you know, they might say something that is, you know, seeing that attitude, like, you know, it looks like you're willing to learn. I'll give you a couple of tips of, you know, or who are your, some of your favorite comedians and why? Right. Yeah. That's a great question. Who are some of your favorite comedians and why? Because you can see they might like two, like they could like somebody that's filthy and clean, but they <laughs> like them both for the same reason because they're so professional off stage. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, they could, you know, it could be a big distance and, and, and disparity between the two but their work ethic it's it's one of those things that you can listen for and then it's a good yeah and make sure you're on on board with that at that particular club it's if like not everywhere tell. yeah yeah i like that it's a lot of things it's little tips uh and i'll throw this one out here as the last one so that one was showing up late and leaving early you don't want to leave before the show's over ever oh no um and you want to be if possible in the showroom although that can get kind of numbing at times mm -hmm. to watch the same act nine days in a row as an mc it's a probably a smart thing to do um, to to watch to watch okay. and, and so the manager knows where you're at and the comics know that you're ready in case something goes something down happens. okay because things do go down sure yeah 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 uh, you don't want to be out in the parking lot ever <laughs> i mean you want to be in the building ideally because a lot of clubs are separate the bar 
yeah. from the club. Yeah. So that all the blenders are on one side and they've got a holding area for the second show. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's okay if you're there, but you need to be close and ideally you need to be watching the show. Yeah. If the, it's sold out and there's no other place to be, ask the sound guy if you can sit in the booth. Don't touch nothing but sit in the don't booth. Don't touch anything. You know what I mean? So that's a great perspective from there, but I can I can count at least a dozen times yeah. where something happened in the showroom, and luckily I was I was close <laughs> enough to handle it as an MC or as the next comic, and somebody just bailed 10 minutes into a 30-minute set. Oh. Yeah. I've, I've had a couple of features. Something happened. I'm oh, one, wow. Uh, food poisoning. <laughs> and they had to bail. Like, they, like luckily, they told oh. me ahead of time. Like, and that happened to me. Oh no! Uh, at least three different times, I had food poisoning on the road. The, oh, the worst was when gosh. I was with an improv group, and uh, I've told that story on the show before. But in, in short, with an improv scene, I could I would yeah. always say, "Hey, my my page. This how <laughs> this how long ago it was. <laughs> my pager went off. I got to go." And I could be anybody in any scene. That's a reality. Sure. And I would just make a mad dash. Yeah. And uh, take that's care. Crazy. Of it. So uh, don't don't show up late, and definitely don't leave early. Stick around. Uh, once again, even if you don't like the headliner, maybe you're a feature now. Yeah. You want to go out on the town or whatever. Be available. Be accessible. Ne- and network. <laughs> yeah. It's your job. And if you can't make two hours right. work for your job, yeah. uh, what are you doing the other 22? <laughs> yeah. It's just ridiculous. Uh, all those things are common sense. But yeah. let me tell you, if you get in good habits early doing those, uh, the people that you work with are going to like working with you. Yeah. People that book you are going to want to book you. And the people that... Uh, really like you are going to tell you how great you are yeah and you don't have to tell them or ask them how great you are that's true all right so quick run through on that list one more time don't tell people how great you are don't ask for work for somebody you don't know have some kind of connection before you do saying you're a comedian when you haven't earned a dollar doing comedy is probably not a great idea tell me you're an amateur or aspiring comic Uh, don't hold out for the good gigs turn a bad gig good or create your own gig or just do the bad ones and get better don't complain about things without offering a solution. Don't call club owners idiots. They're running a business that is employing you. So if you're working for an idiot, that's your own problem. Yeah. Don't list open mics or positions where you're on the same show as somebody else on your resume that you're opening for a headliner when you really weren't hired by sure. them. Or that you worked at a club when you hadn't got paid for it. And then don't show up late and don't leave early. Yeah. Man. Comedy's still fun, people. It is. That's just a few guidelines, but comedy's a great, great job. I hope all those people listen that are aspiring will eventually get to the spot where they're earning cash and yeah. making a living and doing what you want to do. Absolutely. Hopefully those help out. Uh, Gavin, again, cr- congratulations on freeing yourself from I one know. job. I'm for so excited. More time to focus. I felt punchy during this podcast. I was like on it. You, you had know? more energy. Well, <laughs> I had, well, let's, I, can I, I just be honest? more energy. And this is no not because we both have cell phones and last – a few recordings ago, ours went off, and uh, but usually right before we get started, there's two or three texts from the guy he worked for. Oh yeah, and, and that's because during the day he works for you know all yes. hours on call. I can see you didn't, weren't even distracted by yeah. you don't even I don't even see your cell phone. Like, no, you don't I just care. threw it in a bag. It was yeah. done, and I know you can see the visual. Like you guys aren't here, but the visual difference in how I look. Yeah. And, Feel. His it's, hair is less spiky. It relaxed yeah. a little bit. <laughs> it came down. He almost had bangs. People. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening. Yes, thank you guys. If uh, only one one thing I, I want to ask you guys, if you haven't left an iTunes review lately, please do. We're trying to get to 100 before the end of the year. Uh, we're kind of stuck around 60, 61. Yeah. And it means a lot to us. We'll read it on the air, and it definitely helps other people find us. So uh, we want to stick around and do this show for as many people that can help as possible. So one thing you can do for me today is just leave us an iTunes review, and I super appreciate it. Yeah, that would be great. All right. Thanks, Gavin. Thank you.
for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit SchoolofLaughs.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay money.